Not only can you verify the email that you're using and making sure that it's from the email address that you're using, like for us, it's float at floatjob.com. We have that verified, but also you can now actually go to your domain host, your DNS provider, and provide a little bit of information that's provided by Helmbot to make sure that your emails aren't going, or at least making it less likely that your emails go to that spam folder and making sure that everything is verified. So Thank you, Helmbot, for one more thing to make our lives easier, to make sure we are more successful with our businesses. Helmbot.com, we absolutely believe in these guys. We've been using them for years and years and years. Uh, We switched fully over to Helmbot, um, gosh, was that three or four years ago? Something like that. Um, After being worried about whether they were able to handle classes and practitioners, all of that, We've never looked back. They absolutely have it dialed in. We love them. Helmbot.com is where you want to go, but don't take my word for it. Get a free tour. They can actually walk you through the entire thing. They can even, if you need, set you up for a a test account and you can go through it yourself. So check them out. Helmbot.com. Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. My name is Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon, with my incredibly smart and incredibly beautiful wife, Sandra. And I would say she has taught me the most I know about breath work, um, having been trained in yoga and having are having run a, a yoga center together. Hey, everybody. It's Kim Hannon. I own Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband, the other Graham. And um, I... <laughs> I'm a registered yoga teacher, and so most of my experience with breath work is really related to pranayama um, and doing certain yogic breaths. And I'm I'm always a student to learn more for all of that. Hey, everybody! This is Drew from New Hampshire Float, and I recently have only had experience with. Uh, breath work in so far as that I recently went into a cold river and started hyperventilating and almost passed out and then <laughs> thought, I need to learn about this breath work thing. And I got really excited about learning uh, or going to be learning about breath work. And we have a guest who will be talking <laughs> to us about breath work. Well, maybe we should meet this other. We have another secret co-host here. Uh, We haven't talked to her in a while, Drew, but she's still part of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I know I've I've been fired, but uh, this is Gloria. (laughs) This is Gloria Morris, and I own uh, Float Sixty, which we have four locations in the Chicagoland area: two in Illinois, two in Indiana. And uh, my first introduction to breath work, gosh, it's, it's been such a long time, but I'm in a mindfulness group. I've been with this group for four years. Every day at 7 a.m., we get together and we do mindful um, exercises and breath work has been one of the things we've done over the years. Awesome. And so <laughs> as Drew was beautifully segueing to, uh, we, we are talking about our own personal breathwork knowledge because we have a wonderful guest today talking about breathwork and and more than that. Um, Gosh, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know that I butcher the pronunciation of everybody's name. So we'll see if I can get this right. Samuel Whiting, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Dylan. You've got it too. Uh, One for a thousand. You got it. 100% all in. (laughs) 
<laughs> awesome. So, uh, Samuel, my understanding is you do not own a float center. Is that right? No, I don't own a float center, but I would say that I like to go with the float. I was, I was blessed to be introduced to it through my friend Stephen Brilla, who owns Go With The Float in East Hampton, Massachusetts, which is awesome. just next to my hometown. And I've had an opportunity to explore some floating over the years and also from our, our collective friend and colleague within the float community, Mr. James Harder up in Maine. And, and, you know, the, the intersect of these practices and these techniques yeah. and, and disciplines, if you will, of how we can come together and, and ultimately exploring this connection between brain and body, the experience of the mind and the spirit. And, and I find it to be a really beautiful access into exploring those layers of our nature. Beautiful. That's, that's perfect. I, I love, love that. And yeah, I think the, the two floating and, and mindfulness and breath work, I said to multiple, these multiple pieces all come together very beautifully and, and in intrinsically, is that right? Synergistically? I don't know. They all, they all blend together. Um, you're going to be speaking or you'll be hosting a workshop at this year's float conference, uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that is going to look like or why people should go to that event? Yes, well, I'm very excited to be coming back east. I've, I've been based and doing a lot of my work out of Encinitas, California. And I also do a lot of work online with live stream guided breathing practices and, and protocols to optimize our sleep-wake cycles uh, amidst other workshops and retreats that I lead around the country at one point around the world. I hope to return to that. And so it's very exciting to be returning back to the East Coast my hometown, Northampton, Massachusetts, and, and Maine, which is a place that I, I hold dearly from growing up, going to Camp Chewankee up in Wiscasset, which is a, a, at the time was an all-boys boy, wilderness camp. I went away for a month starting when I was eight years old to go up and be in the wild and have fun doing all different activities, campfires, sailing, hiking, uh, wood shop, those are archery, some things that stand out. But I was leading a lot of my workshops up in Kennebunkport, Maine. And so I just, it means a lot that I get to come home and to be in collaboration with the float conference. Actually during the pandemic two years ago, I, I offered one of a virtual live guided breathing session with the float conference. And so I just love to put this work out there and make it accessible to the world. And so in presenting this year at the float conference in Portland, Maine, my, my presentation will be called fundamentals of nature, the science of stress, the nervous system and longevity. And we'll be looking primarily through the lens of breathing to understand and build a framework in the connection between breathing and the nervous system and how ultimately breathing is a behavior that, when we build awareness to it, we can start to be skillful in steering our state of being and, and how the application of breathing practice can trigger mechanisms in our physiology for adaptation, building stress capacity to handle more stressors that come at us naturally in life to other techniques that can allow us to build more endurance, improve our metabolic efficiency, and ultimately our lifespan, our, our longevity. So 
we can get very deep into a lot of uh, uh, in-depth science, but the aim will be to keep it very simple and actionable with uh, a connection to the scientific research, uh, research that continues to emerge. I find that to be fascinating. And so within a, a scientific presentation of sorts, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I'm, I'm a curious explorer and, and looking to make this applicable and accessible to everybody. So following that, there will also be an opportunity where I'll be guiding a live breathing practice to really awesome. connect those dots from what we explore scientifically to, to then practically within our own personal experiences. Can I just say how soothing and amazing is his voice? Right? <laughs> I am I mean, so jazzed up. I, he's got I know. me fired up right now. I I have to tell you, like, I've been running, 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 running crazy all day, like, figuring out if I was going to make it to this podcast tonight. And Samuel, your voice just has this quality of absolute calm and it's it's fantastic. So thank you for that. And um, gosh, we're just grateful. I, I have to say, too, um, I was exposed to you the first time, I think it was September of 2020, when we had the virtual conference and I started subscribing to your, um, you know, your newsletter and, you know, your uh, Saturday sessions. So that's how I got to know you. I'm sure you don't remember me. You had like pages. I remember being on my phone and there were like pages and pages and pages of people. Um, so of course you wouldn't know who I am, but I have attended many of your sessions and uh, that that's kind of the connection. I just wanted to say thank you. Really cool stuff. Oh, Gloria, you're so sweet. Thank you for the kind oh, words. That's what they and... say. <laughs> <laughs> you rock. That, that's so exciting to hear because really in the peak of the pandemic, I had a lot of in-person workshops and retreats that got put on pause. And so initially I offered a live guided session for people that were planning to attend a workshop and at least that we could connect and be able to provide the practice whilst we thought that it would be a few months of a postponement. And, and it was just, so exciting to get to in a time where there was so much unknown and, and everybody was trying to figure out what was coming in the future that we could all still come together and stay connected. And that's really where Saturday session was born out of. And, and it became a weekly offering that I, that I committed to doing for over two years. I actually just brought Saturday session back. So it's something I'm hosting once a month now. And it always will remain a free, the option for donation if people want to. But it's my way of giving back and allowing the practice to be accessible to everybody. And it just means a lot to hear that, that you enjoyed attending and, and just the, the beautiful community that comes together to explore and to get to know themselves and to connect with others and know that there's a tool that's so simple like breathing that we're all doing. <laughs> that we're all breathing right now every all of us here together everyone listening imagine but i'm more that. conscious of my breathing since you've started talking i've noticed i'm taking deeper breaths and i'm they're slow deep breaths yeah it's kind of funny the, the awareness yeah that's really the key dylan is as i like to say all practice or all disciplines that we do are allow for the tapping of the spring of awareness to flow 
And the more we become aware of the things that we aren't aware of, like that's the beauty of conscious and subconsciousness within our experience of life. And to imagine, I, I always ponder this, if we sleep maybe half of our life, when we sleep, breathing subconscious, we don't have to think about it. Our body does it. That's part of why it's connected within the autonomic nervous system. We move through our day and we're taking on responsibilities, engaging, getting caught on Instagram, getting caught in the things that capture our attention. And we're not thinking about breathing there either. So maybe more than three quarters of our entire life, we're not consciously aware of our breathing. And it becomes something that we can get into the pilot seat and start to steer our state of being through our breathing. So if we're even taking five minutes a day or a moment to disrupt business as usual and check in with our state of breathing and recognize or build awareness to understand its impact on our state of being, vice versa, our state of being can impact our state of breathing. We get anxious, we get stressed, we start breathing in and out through our mouth. It gets shallow in our chest and it has a cascade of physiological effects that, that can build more anxiety, cut off blood flow to our brain so then we're not focused and alert or present and amidst a laundry list of other symptoms that we may experience. So I just find it to be so fascinating and, and really what then it becomes is this art and there's not a right or wrong way to practice, but to allow that curiosity to come through where we start to understand our nature and allow ourselves. I was thinking before the podcast, like going with the float, when we're floating along the stream of life, like we're going to experience bends and turns and rocks and blocks in the stream, but the water keeps flowing and finds its way. Whether there's a dam or not, that water is going to say, well, you can't stop me. I'll just evaporate and go up into the clouds and get dropped down somewhere else. But in terms of this metaphor of the stream, the challenges that we can experience, the stressors, the float encourages us to move into them so we can move through them, not to try and avoid it, but embracing and taking life on fully and Breathing gives us access into connecting to all of those layers of our being, emotional, the perception, our sensation, our thoughts, our actions and behaviors. So it's this magnifying glass to really peer into the, the subtle details of who we are. And that's beautiful in, in how this work is emerging and becoming part of the forefront of health and wellness. Can um, I jump in real? Gosh, I'm, I got a couple. <laughs> yeah, um, Samuel, I think so we all have a couple questions. I, yeah. I have um, I, what might be a long question. Um, so I train uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, I'm constantly trying to control my breathing. And when I um, am under duress, I breathe differently. And that happens when I'm just stressed out. I will notice my jaw gets a little more tense and my breathing shortens and I've become more aware of that through floating. Um, and I, I guess this is all kind of, I'm thinking of this as you're talking. And I guess my question is, are there different types of breathing for different situations? Would I, um, are there like sport related breathing techniques? Are there, um, I have really bad back problems. Are there breathing techniques for pain? Are there different, would it be the same techniques or are there different 
um, techniques that you would do for different purposes? Is it is breathing like that intricate? Well, as that's great reflections and, and questions, Drew. Thank you. Breathing is one of the most highly robust and labile behaviors that is just such a challenge that evolution took on to allow us to be in this state of homeostasis from moment to moment. Every breath is unique in its expression. And as you're speaking to, there's so many different techniques. I mean, yogic traditions, pranayama, they've been around and passed down for thousands of years. Science has come into play over the last handful of decades. And we've, we now know the cluster of neurons in the brainstem that's responsible for driving the inspiratory burst neurons for an inhale. There's a cluster of neurons responsible for active exhalation. So you could think of certain dimensions of breathing being the mechanics of breathing. So our, the musculature involved with respiration, which is really where the diaphragm evolved from. Like as humans evolved, we, our brains were growing and it needs oxygen. You know, a, a good chunk of our metabolic uh, utilization comes from this active brain and needing to provide it with oxygen. So the diaphragm is what evolved for mammals to be able to allow us to respire. And, and fundamentally, as mammals, we're inspiratory breathers. So that's that the contraction of the diaphragm and our external intercostal muscles create this change in volume, which creates a change of pressure so that air ultimately is vacuumed into the lungs. At rest, the exhale is passive. It's just the release of those musculature contractions from the inhale. If you watch a, a reptile or a lizard breathe, they're, they're more expiratory breathers. So they're pumping the exhale and then there's the recoil and the air pulls back into their, into their cavities. So uniquely as humans, breathing mechanics is a primary thing that we focus on in practice, strengthening the diaphragm, strengthening the intercostal muscles. You know, societally, we're, we're in cars, we're seated at computers, gravity takes over. For every degree of our head position, there's more weight from that pull of gravity. And especially through natural bad habits we can form, like chronic mouth breathing. You heard me kind of touch on that before. That causes us to be more shallow breathers in our chest. Or to go out and do a science experiment and see somebody and go, take a deep breath. What you may often see is somebody going, and they breathe with their shoulders. And... <laughs> Like a lot of that is our secondary breathing musculature, the scalene muscles in the neck. And those have a time and place if we're in like a very intense, full bout of metabolic output or in a survival instinct. I mean, think about, I always like to say breath is a behavior. So what happens when you get surprised? <gasps> it's an inhale like that. Inhales are connected to more sympathetic energy. It's more energizing. It builds alertness and focus. That's a healthy stress response. We can have experiences that create triggers that maybe bring us into a stress response when there's not actually a stressor there. That's part of everybody's unique experience as a human and, and the experiences we've had. And then think when you get home after a long day and you go, Ah, it's a long exhale, it's a sigh. Well, that's more parasympathetic, it's calming. There's tonality to it. It stimulates the vagus nerve, bring yourself into this parasympathetic state. So 
we're riffing on mechanics here. There's other, this other layer of biochemistry, oxygen, CO2, even nitric oxide. Uh, we could dive into all of this in detail, but it's finding that balance of chemistry so that you have optimal CO2 in your system to allow for oxygen delivery to the cells. Uh, oftentimes, people end up over-breathing, over-ventilating through this shallow breathing, and then you lower the CO2 levels. It causes a feeling of anxiousness. Again, like I mentioned, cerebral vasoconstriction and um, even constriction of the vasculature within our, within our physiology. So with those two layers in mind, there's also the, the frequency or resonant frequency, the, the interval of, of speed in which we're breathing, fast or slow. And so specifically to your thought about jujitsu, this is where you get tactical with the breathing. It becomes a skill in that you're getting put in these positions and you can't necessarily breathe fully and you can be more targeting with directing breath in a way. Or when you're getting pressurized and pounded down, can you stay present and maintain a quality of awareness that all of this that's happening, you can be able to respond to and not get overwhelmed in your nervous system and end up using too much energy. It becomes this, this art of energy efficiency. Um, I forget his name, but there was actually a fighter recently who took on the challenge and discipline of just nasal breathing. And there is something inherent with a nasal breathing. If we stick to it and over time you build more aerobic capacity, more endurance, you're not getting as gassed when you're rolling on the mat. You're able to maintain more parasympathetic tone, more presence and focus as you're engaging with this sort of hybrid of, of pretty intense sympathetic energy, but also at the same time you're wielding. So you're this, you're this architect of the nervous system in real time. Can I ask a question? Sorry, I, I was just trying to Google who, who that was. I assume it was a UFC fighter, but um, can I ask you about finding the ideal amount that we should be breathing in because I, I feel like when I'm sleeping, that should be the perfect amount, but I have a feeling I'm not getting enough oxygen. And I, I would consider that the most most unconscious state that I could be in for, for like habit breathing. But how do I, and, and I love that you brought up the, um, you could be breathing too much, not, not getting enough CO2 or too much, and it can cause anxiety. Um, how do I know when I have that right homeostasis, as you put it, uh, through my breathing? Hmm. That's a really interesting question, Dylan. And what's unique is that everybody's different. Just like well, health and wellness, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. I like to say that we're all the same and that we have nervous systems and we're human, but we're all so unique and that we've had different experiences that make up how we perceive the world and ourselves. So that's where breathing becomes this intuitive project from the inside out. The greatest project you'll ever work on is you. And it starts with asking those questions and starting to feel into those layers of your nature versus what maybe we can tend to connotate or be drawn to is look for that outside in prescription of like, what's the right way to do something. So if we look at breathing as this entity, just like movement, there's so many disciplines and, and practices that we can do, and there's nothing wrong with any of them, but what are we, what can we learn along the way and how can we even pop the bubble of any 
dogma of how we think it should be and allow ourselves to be in this process. Because as we keep evolving and developing in our unique ways, that's where the art comes into play and the creativity of breathing to say, oh, I'm feeling a little bit um, tired right now and I need to be focused and alert. Well, you have a toolkit of different breath patterns that you've been exploring over, over, over the years. It develops over time to know, oh, I can breathe like this. Maybe pick up the pace, take a few mouth breaths, do an inhale hold. I'm just kind of riffing on giving some perspective here of being willing to, to go out and, and tinker and play with it and, and feel that. It's a very felt experience and know that you can breathe yourself into a state of focus or more energy or breathe yourself down into more of a state of calm when you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed. And within the baseline, what we want to look for and be observing in ourselves is that we're breathing in and out through our nose at rest and at more low, moderate aerobic activity. At rest, we're looking to have the tongue rest at the roof of the mouth. So a nice way to engage that is to just let your lips touch, smile, raise your eyebrows, and naturally you'll feel your tongue press up to the roof of your mouth. And then relax your face. And that's what we're looking for in the resting place of the tongue which then gives support for the throat, the palate, the roof of the mouth, which is the base of the nasal passage, which then allows it to broaden so that there's easier airflow in and out through the nose, which inherently is conditioning the air, filtering it, getting it primed to be received by the lungs. And that within the mechanics, we're also then feeling and sensing the experience of breath movement low in our belly. I mean, we all could just put our hand on our belly right now and easily push our belly out, pull it in, push it out, pull it in. So I like to pop the bubble there. Of we often hear in the breathing world, like take a belly breath. Well, somebody could just push their belly out and it doesn't necessarily mean they're contracting their diaphragm in this robust way. And then training that baseline breathing mechanic. So we want the breath to be light and low, slow even if possible, silent as it moves in and out through our nose while we're at rest. So that's something for people to look for. And, and what I also love to bring into our mind's eye to imagine is that we get so conditioned in our mind of like, what's the next thing I have to do? Let me go to the next piece. Oh, and, and the way we talk and we're like almost rushing to get from one thing to the next in our life. And then we're like, why am I feeling so anxious? And within that, if we look at breathing as the most fundamental thing that gives us life, we're not allowing and savoring each breath. So there's this deliberate pause that I bring in to recognize that this transition after the exhale, before then we take that next inhalation, is really this place that we can learn patience and allow ourselves to surrender or to experience what it's like to be empty and that inherently allows us to start to slow down our mind to slow down our nervous systems and break those bonds of more chronically sympathetic driven that we're sort of entrained into in more of our modern world 
and that we can get back to our nature, our, our human nature, that rawness, the intelligence that lives within us. And, and that all comes from having that awareness and the discipline to, to explore that within ourselves and, and, and to disrupt the patterns. I, I have to, I have to pause for a second here. Um, we're running short on time, but I, I just, I have to know. So you said you're not a doctor, but you seem to know a lot about breathing here. Can we please back up and can you explain your journey a little bit and how you've developed this incredible knowledge base? Well, thank you. And I'd say it, it, it always was born from curiosity. When I was a kid, I struggled to read and do math. And I always was very imaginative. I grew up in the woods in Western Mass, and I was climbing trees, playing, riding my bike. Uh, I always looked at the picture when it came to building something, Legos, a rocket, whatever it may be. And, and so that, in that sense, I always had this curiosity to be very hands-on and tactile and getting into alpine ski racing, different sports and disciplines, tennis, swimming. And I was always fascinated in sort of mystery in life. I remember at camp, uh, my counselor talked about chi. So I started to practicing Tai Chi to see like, how, what, what, what can I, what can I conjure up and you know, enjoying fantasy, Lord of the Rings. I've always loved that. And, and just tapping into some well of potential that and power within us that I always intuitively knew was available. And, and really, it comes down to also creative expression. That's really the art of a human being is how we can express ourselves honestly. And that's bringing us into our nature, into the naturalness of, of life, the simplicity. So these, these were like little breadcrumbs that were just drawing me closer to these sources and principles. And it was after I had gotten involved in a hot power yoga practice and started to teach yoga that I even started to question that and say, how can I bring yoga outside of the classroom and that it doesn't have to be a fixed way to practice. And Wim Hof very much inspired me to, to bring those practices out into nature and out into the world in a new way from his breathing techniques that I started to teach the cold exposure and that was really where a lot of this specifically to your question came from is that Wim was similar in that intuition of pursuit and curiosity. And then so much of this is unknown to be like, wow, okay, you can stimulate your immune system and autonomic nervous system through these techniques. Well, what's actually happening? And he brought it to science. And so I became fascinated in Here's the guy who struggled to read as a kid, but now I'm reading, you know, PubMed and scientific publications. Uh, we became fortunate to connect with with mentors who have become friends. Dr. Andrew Huberman, one of the leading neuroscientists out of Stanford University, which led me to Dr. Jack Feldman out of UCLA, who's one of the pioneers of of the neurobiology of respiration. I was deeply inspired by Dr. Justin Feinstein and his work around research with carbon dioxide. I know he's connected with the float conference looking forward and have always enjoyed his research in relation to carbon dioxide being a signaler to for panic and anxiety. And so it's just connecting these dots and starting to understand mechanism of our nervous system, but not being fixed on it to then keep questioning and exploring and covering 
sharing. We learn so much from each other. And, and that's why I find it important to get out and to have these conversations to, to continue learning and, and recognizing that we are a process and we're always becoming and developing and evolving. And we can steer that. That's what I call directional change. It's the choices we make and that it's all accessible to us and small steps compound and lead to big change. Well, I, for one, will be at your workshop. (laughs) If I wasn't going to be there before, this has been delightful. Thank you so much. I, I feel like I could go to your workshop weekly and learn more. Uh, This is kind of incredible. I, I feel like, we have barely tapped into your knowledge here on, on breathing well, and breath work. Dylan, do you mind just real quick, if you could explain Samuel, what are your Saturday sessions and are those open oh, cool. to everyone? Cause I, I think, you know, it's, it's just a great way to connect with your, this community that you've built. Mm. And I know you don't charge for it. Um, it's by donation only. Could you just describe mm. what happens in those workshops and how somebody can get involved? Yeah, Absolutely. Well, firstly, I'm really looking forward to being all together with you and everyone else who's coming to the conference for for this year's experience and sharing about breathing from science and also just how powerful and, and beautiful it is to breathe together in person, hmm. something we didn't get to experience for some time, and, and it's just such a pleasure to bring it back. and. And within that, I still continue to offer things online. So thanks, Gloria, for that opportunity. Uh, I have a platform that's online, and it's um, web-based, and also you can get it as a mobile app. If you go to samuelwhiting.com or go to my Instagram page on my link tree, you can get the link there. And and I offer live streams weekly. Uh, every Monday morning, I lead something called Inspire Series. So every session is a little different. You know, focused on mechanics, carbon dioxide tolerance, Wim Hof method breathing, other protocols and practices. And then I also lead to two other live streams that are part of what I call sleep wake. So Monday evening, there's a sleep power down cycle practice to get you down regulated for sleep. And then wake power up cycle is every Tuesday morning to get your nervous system up regulated, alert, focused and with relaxed awareness for the day. And once a month, I offer Saturday session, which I team up with some brands I love or sponsors of mine to just collaborate in, in promoting and making it accessible to the world. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, it is a free session. And each Saturday session is unique. Uh, we tend to explore different protocols and patterns of breathing and it's all together with a community. So um, we'll do a light intro, get into about a 45-minute practice, and then I leave some time for, for questions or group sharing at the end before we conclude. Samuel is going to be, uh, he has two different sessions at the FOAT conference. Um, on Saturday, he will be leading a breathwork actual workshop uh, to attend and practice along. Um, and then on Sunday, um, he will be on the main stage talking um, to the large group about some of the, uh, the the theories and practices and things that he's been sharing with us tonight. So we're going to have those, you know, two opportunities at the float conference. If you are attending virtually, you'll get to catch the main stage talk. But um, if you're attending 
um, live, you also get the chance to practice along with Samuel at one of the workshops. So uh, two really great opportunities. We're excited and to have. And Samuel, just to be clear, what is your Instagram handle? So you can find me on Instagram at Whiting Energy, W-H-I-T-I-N-G, Energy. And that's really the easiest place to touch base. I love to answer questions. I, cool. I post educational content, different yeah. events, and, and share things on there. So please yeah. feel free to connect. And, and if people want to go straight to your app, what is the name of your app? Well, so it's powered by a platform called Union. If you go to my Instagram page and do the link tree, there will okay. be a direct link there, which will, will have a, an, an access code in to try a free week trial and and be able to access all the live streams and all of the live streams go into the category replay where you can practice on demand at any time mm, so cool. you can really bring practice with you wherever you are and again part of my my aim to make this available to everybody and and accessible so i love it i can't wait to meet you in person i can't wait to uh, go to your workshop thank you so much for being here tonight you too, Dylan. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks, Drew, Kim, Gloria. It's all on this side. Really excited for Flow 2022. <laughs> yeah, right. We're coming through. Portland, Maine, ready for you. <laughs> Floatconference.com. Floatconference.com. Get your tickets now. <laughs> it's worth it just to come see Samuel in person. It's going to be pretty awesome. Super excited yeah. about it. Yeah, we're going to explore a nice deep breathing practice, coming together and, and enjoying the beautiful... Fresh air of Maine. Woohoo. I'm in. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Listeners, appreciate you guys so much. Thanks so much to Samuel for joining us tonight. What a special, cool guest. Thanks to my co hosts for being here. Gloria, welcome back. It's been a minute since we've seen you on the show. It's so wonderful to have you back. And thanks to everybody who is supporting us on Patreon for your social media marketing needs, um, photography, video. Uh, go to shop.artofthefloat.com to get uh, testimonial videos, previous photography videos, uh, T-shirts, all that stuff. Um, let's see here. Helmbot, thank you so much for supporting the show as well. And um, Olga for producing the show so wonderfully. We truly appreciate it. Uh, one of my favorite quotes as we go out here uh, is, as always, just as Aristotle said, we're, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. We'll see you next week. Thank you.